This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast presented by my bookie. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, you totally threw me there when we were doing our countdown. <laughs> you were counting in Spanish, I believe, and I was like, what? What's going on? I did, we did a count we do a countdown every time. But even then I screwed it up because um I was supposed to go uh we do three, two, tres. one. <laughs> right. I was waiting for the tres. I heard Uno and Dos. I was like right. Uh. Right. I didn't even do that right. I can't even count in Spanish correctly oh what a dope i am um i just tried to change it up a little bit i try to change it up every once in a while just to put a little little smile on your face so we keep you on my toes yeah yeah you know me that's that's what makes me a pleasure pleasure um hi everyone it's g1 season never thought we'd say that right never thought we'd uh get to this point uh but it's here and it's a magical time of the year and it's uh a little different, going to be a little bit different, but in many ways, in many regards, Joel's is going to be the same, and it's, for me, one of the best times of the year. Um, every night, you turn on that TV, you know you're going to get something good, um, and I'm not, I'm not excited about much. I'm excited about this, for sure. Likewise, I think my big aim for this year is to put my phone away when I'm watching the shows, turn it yeah, off or put yeah. it out of reach because I really want to concentrate and enjoy these matches because I've got a terribly short attention span <laughs> and I know uh, it just, you know, the slightest drop in action in the match, you know, someone slaps on a rest hold, I'm reaching for Twitter, so I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try and take in all the matches as they come. Yeah. I mean, I do it a little bit different. You get the luxury of of watching these shows as they occur. I uh, I used to be able to do that. I, I just fucking can't do that anymore. Um, so my plan is, you know, by the time I wake up in the morning, they're usually starting the actual G1 matches, the actual tourney matches. So... I hope that holds true here. It doesn't look like it, though, because to correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, they got like one Young Lions match, and then they're popping right on in. I mean, they got to mix it up somehow with the B block, too, you know, the, the alternating nights um, with tag matches and shit like that, right? Um, no, 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 it's not. It's it's literally just the Young Lions singles match and then the G1 matches. Jeez. All right. So so okay, whatever time that might wind up being East Coast, I'll I, the minute I wake up, TV pop on, and then I'll and then I'll watch those matches to be to remain spoiler free because I have people in my life that okay, of course I'm not on Twitter, but oh they'll text me. Is Cheryl oh, gonna run in the room and be like, oh my god, did you see Ishii just getting the big right. upset there? Right, would it be my life? My cat will instantly speak English. Hey, Okada got a big win there, didn't he? Oh, fuck yourself, peanut. Esther's <sighs> first words. <laughs> you, Jiro, did it. 
with Tai Chi. <laughs> Why does my cat sound like that? Um, oh, all right. We got a show to do. We got two hours of nonstop, hard-hitting New Japan Pro Wrestling analysis that only the Super J-Cast can do. No one else can do it like we can, and that's why you're all here. Uh, but I'm sure we have other news to touch upon. I'm going to let Joel drive the boat, being that I just got the fuck out of bed. Uh, but I'm ready and excited to talk G1. So let's get straight into it. Then we had a show on Friday, September the 11th, the New Japan Roadshow at Korakun Hall. And we're going to go straight to the fourth match, which was the never openweight six-man tag championship match, where the champions, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto, defeated the challengers, their chaos buddies, Sho, Yano, and Okada, where Ishii pinned Sho after 18 minutes, 55 seconds, following a vertical drop. Brain buster. I thought this match was tremendous. Me too. I love this one. I, oh, good. I'm glad we're going to start on a positive here, because, I mean, this whole... Show versus Ishii rivalry. Like, these two lads just beat seven shades of shit out of each other. And it was magnificent. In a never six-man match, which is really quite something. And and I keep saying it since the restart. You can see, you can visibly see Show growing each time he wrestles. Just the little touches, like, in this match, showing some attitude. Just, you know, kicking Ishii, slapping his bald head. Little Kushida hat tips, you know, like he does with when he's sort of mixing in his submission maneuvers. And I thought it was really good having two people in this match with something to prove. You've got Sho and Yoshihashi, who, you know, have got their uh, Sho obviously is a, a junior and he's just sort of dipping his toe into the heavyweight waters. And then Yoshihashi, having been dropped from the G1 last year, back in it this year, lots of people doubting him. And just all these ingredients just mixed together to make what I think was the best never six man title match ever and maybe quite a low bar to clear but still I thought these guys knocked it out of the park we had a little bit of everything you know a bit of wrestling a bit of hard-hitting stuff a bit of submission stuff a bit of grappling a bit of comedy um and the fact that this was a week before five out of six of these guys entering the grueling g1 I thought they put in a great amount of effort here there were some really nice combination moves I thought Goto and Yoshihashi came up with some cool stuff like there was a, a bit with a thrust kick then Ushigoroshi and then double knee it was just really smooth you could see they put some effort into it and I, I just feel that these matches are at their best Damien when you, you start off telling the stories you have you know your little plot threads as the, the six guys start pairing off and then like when you see them putting effort into coordinating those high paced sequences involving all six guys down the closing stretch. The pacing, for me, is just really dramatic, really enjoyable. Everyone put their mark on the match. The whole thing ends up being more than the sum of its parts, which you can't always say for these never six-man title matches. Man. And the, ho- the whole match, the whole story here is show, where you, you've got Okada and Yano, who, you know, they might be able to win the match themselves. I'm sure if Okada turned it on, he could, you know, Rainmaker, Yoshihashi, and pin him and win those belts. But... It's like they're trying to provide the platform for Show to get the win. Like they wanted Show to get that winning pinfall if they were going to win this match. They didn't want to do it themselves. So it kind of felt that this match was about more than the six man titles. It was like one big chaos uh, acid test for Show. Like all five of the other guys were just setting up this scenario to see if Show's got what it takes to become uh, uh, the next ace of the group. And just, I thought, real star maker performance from Show, even though he lost. He was, you're not allowed to talk in Korakuen, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to shout or make noise, but even he was eliciting loud, audible gasps from the crowd with some of the near falls, 
And, and of course, you also got that little concurrent story of Yoshihashi trying to prove himself, not wanting to be overtaken by show. He's, he wants to stick it to Okada as well because they came up together. And then at the end of the match, it just all comes back to the start. You have Show and Ishii paired off again, and Show he's trying to go toe to toe with Ishii, but he's he's not quite there yet. He's got all the heart, but he's lacking the resilience. He's lacking a bit of toughness. And just this is where, even though he won, I just feel this is where Ishii is at his best as the ultimate gatekeeper because. Just like Shingo did before we show, Ishii is that next rung on the ladder for Sho to climb. And one day, Sho's going to manage to pin Ishii, and it's going to be incredibly satisfying when that happens. Yep. Yeah, well said. I, this, this match, to me, is, is a barometer-setting match for a COVID world fan reaction. That, those fans were hot. Those fans were having every bit of it. Um during this match and they felt alive like for the first time in in many moons for a smaller show we'll call it and we'll put it that in quotes you felt the energy of the crowd and you felt the electricity of of them uh getting behind show and i hate to say this but one of the best things that has ever happened to show is yo's injury because it forces him to now kind of go out there, singles competitor, and be in the mix with a lot of these guys that uh, are going to teach him a lot, going to show him a lot, uh, and it's going to part the bond, and it's going to uh, allow him to grow in ring as a pro wrestler. So we already have what we arguably will call a really, really solid pro wrestler right now, and one that is benchmarked for greater things. Now, right in front of our eyes, taking those steps, it's weird because the best thing for show was Yo in the, in, in the beginning of his career, and vice versa. But now it's kind of like, okay, he's got to step up, he's got to branch out, or he could very easily fall by the wayside. Right. That tag team could be put on ice, and he's sitting there twiddling his fucking thumbs. We all know that wouldn't be the smartest thing to do, but it could have happened. Stranger things have happened in the fucking world of pro graps, as the kids hate saying, and I do too. No, this match was really great. Um, I love the fact that it's interfaction. And, and a lot of times, th- those matches tend to stink, right? Especially like, like Bullet Club ones, and even sometimes the Los Ingobernables stuff. It's it's. I mean, I know that it, you don't see it too much, but you know, maybe when you see it in G one or you see it in a in a tag tournament or something, I don't really, I don't really get juiced up about them. I think Chaos does a great job. I mean, of course, there's 516 members of Chaos. You can fit it in. Uh no, I thought to me. Of the pocket of matches that we that you know were much must sees for this past week, and and that we needed to talk about here, I think by far this match. Not only did it exceed my expectations, because it's easy to go into it like ah, never six man title, blah, blah, blah. these guys, you know, hey, we're going into G one and ne- next weekend. Uh, there's a lot of reasons where you could put this one by the wayside and be like, okay, I can skip this. Don't skip it. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I'm not saying it's fucking the greatest match you'll ever see. 
But it's a really good, solid match. Hard-hitting. A little bit of something for everybody. A um, lot, of, lot of strong action. Uh, all the little subplots that, that Joel went over. And again, show being kind of like the, the spotlight on him. And I, I'll tell you what. Show and Ishii. I'll take that every fucking day of the week. I'll take that every day of the week. That's, that's as, as the kids like to say, that's my jam. I'll fucking pants her down for that. That's what Damon says. I'm doing quotes a lot today, Joel. <laughs> I'm doing what they would say. Uh, no, I, I'm giving this one as a thumbs up. Go watch it if you have it. Um, I, I think it's uh, one of my favorite matches of the year so far. How do you like that? Oh, that's high praise indeed. And I can't disagree with you. Just tremendous fun. All six of those guys, like they obviously don't get that much of a chance to work against each other in the ring. And I think you can tell that they really enjoy it when they do get that chance. Yeah. Wasn't that a hot crowd, though? I mean, a crowd can make a match. Because if that was in front of a crowd where... See, but it wouldn't be. It, it wouldn't be. But, okay, we're, we're in Cork and we're, it's, you know, the sound travels nicely when people make noise. They can stomp their feet. And, again, they're not vocalizing they're clapping along but you but you are right there were times like there are other ways to make noise i don't know if they're stomping their feet clapping their hands ripping farts i don't whatever they're doing they're making noise and you you knew it in that building they, yeah they were they were they were feeling it and and, and and that felt like a crowd reaction that you would get in in the past and it felt good Our main event was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. On the uh, other side. Finals. <laughs> ah, well, uh, we had Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado defeating Bushi and Hiromu Takashi. Despi pinning Hiromu after 17 minutes, 12 seconds with a pinche loco. Uh, often, Damon, when I watch these things live, I'm not able to concentrate 100% because obviously I've got a, a little baby and you know sometimes I get distracted, so it might be on in the background. So... I just I decided today I was going to go back and what rewatch both of these matches. Now, admittedly, I've had a long day. I usually have to get up. You know, my, my online teaching starts at about seven a.m. and that usually lasts until around two thirty. Took Esther to her baby massage class. You know, I like to get involved in this oh. stuff. Then we took Esther to the hospital uh, to have her six month vaccinations. As I told you off the air, I ended up having to teach my uh, my next class uh, from a toilet cubicle because it was the only fucking quiet place I could find. <laughs> so it's been kind of a long day. The reason I'm saying all this is because after after we got back to the hotel, I was lying on the bed, and then I thought I'm going to rewatch these two matches. Rewatched the Never One. I thought, I, yeah, loved it, great, enjoyed it a lot. Then it came to this match, and I fell asleep. And I don't know if it's because I was very tired because I've had a busy day or the match was a bit dull. I think I know what you're going to say. So I'm going to hand over to you here. I was disappointed, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't... I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a bit disappointed with the, the entire tourney as a whole, but this match particularly... I, something was not right. It, I, I didn't feel anything. I don't think the crowd felt it. Like, you could compare this match to what we saw on the never six-man title. Uh, I think the crowds were night and day. Um, and, and please don't tell me they were burnt out. <laughs> right? they, they got too much. They, New Japan gave them too much. They couldn't, they couldn't handle it all. Um, 
something was not right in this. It felt it. I don't know. It was it was dull and boring. You, no, you're not wrong because I felt the same thing. That match was over, and I was like, okay, there's 15 minutes. I'll never get back. Uh, I I don't know if that's was a chemistry issue. I don't know if somebody's hurt. I don't know if they decided to pull back. I don't know if they decided to. I just felt like this match was was a, a perfect example of a match that was there. And and you watched it twice. Did you get that same vibe the first time? Yes, uh, okay. I I remember being excited and interested in the closing stretch, but I you know that can apply to all New Japan matches. I think maybe part of the issue here one we've seen these two teams have it feels like hundreds of matches mm. over the last few years and secondly it feels like a bit of a come down for Hiromu who has gone from challenging for the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championship to then obviously losing that match and not being included in a G1 climax that a lot of people thought he might have been and now he's challenging for the junior tag team belts it, it just uh, oh, oh sorry and I've left out a part here about him losing the junior heavyweight title to Taiji Shimori it just feels like he's sort of kayfabe wise been on a bit of a slide and it okay. was hard for me to really get excited and think yeah I really want Hiromu to win these junior tag titles because it just feels like he's above it at this point so I'm not I, I didn't really care that much who is a winners and losers of this team I, you know I, I did predict last week that Despian Kanemaru would win so I, I think hitting the reset button on the, this division by putting the belts back on them is good. I think it's the right result. Right. Uh, and I think, looking at the positives, I think Hiromu and Despi have really good chemistry. I really enjoy their their feud, you know, going back from, I think, 2018 when it was at its spiciest. And, you know, you've got Hiromu scribbling. His name is scribbled all over Despi's rapping and I think vice versa as well. And But it, it just seemed like the whole match was about Despi. It was like a, you know, Despi masterclass and we got the ref bump at the end, which I don't mind. I hand wave that because they're scumbag heels. It's what you expect, having Kanemaru pull the ref out of the ring uh, at the, the three count. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Hiromu took the pin, actually. He did take a lot of punishment. He ate two pinche locos and a, a closed fist to the jaw. But, uh, yeah, I just think maybe my f- fatigue with these two teams facing each other and the the lack of stakes for Hiromu, someone I you know, really invest in. I love Hiromu, one of my favourite wrestlers that possibly contributed to me not being engaged with this match. Uh, I, I would agree, but m- m- my challenge, because put that match on paper, that's not a, that you know that's not going to be a bad match, or you would think, right? Just having it, writing it down or seeing it in front of you. I mean, I, I think every one of those guys can go. What happened during the match? Like all that aside, they could find a way to bring me into a match and find a way to 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 get some juice into this. He gave us nothing. It felt like I don't know. Well, I, I, it could be that they're going to have a rematch and they're saving themselves for the rematch. But I, oh, I, get, I, I dislike that for what the ninth excuse. match. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah, what's <I> left? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, I got well, I was just I think let me go into a question actually to transition here. Flynn says, feels like a shame Hiromu is not on the G1 tour since he's the hottest act in New Japan this year. Do you think we might get best of the super juniors after G1? Now they're sneaking foreigners in. 
I think I would like to see show win it if it happens. So, Damon, do you think post-G1 we might be looking at a best of the Super Juniors? Because they seem to have put in every other fucking tournament under the sun this <laughs> I year. I know. How many... I mean, I'm a guy who loves a fucking bracket, but jeez, Louise. How many fucking... Have you seen... There, there's another one for... Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I, we're not talking about that. <laughs> I don't care about that. Well, I've got my picks right. and everything. I thought do you really? Uh, no. All right. I, I don't, don't even know who's I, in it. I just know I can't even having. fucking read it. This ridiculous font they picked. Why was Who it? the what fuck is Barreg Brown? Look, Look, I don't know if you've seen the image. I'm going to send it to you, but yeah. I just we'll keep that one in our pocket for when we okay. start talking about the US stuff. All right. Um, yeah. The uh, so the question is, will we have a best of the Super Junior? Well, what is it today? Today is the 15th of September. Um. We'll get done G1 by October-ish. When's the last day of October? Or the last day of G1? October. I have, the, my, I have, my, I have my spreadsheet right in front of me, Joel. So, uh, what the fuck is it? October 18th? Yeah. I'll tell you what. The good thing about doing the G1 pickums is that when I'm sitting on my laptop with you know Microsoft Excel open in front of me and I'm scribbling you know numbers down on bits of paper, it looks to Mally like I'm working. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. you're so hot. Even when school's finished, it's, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's planning. You know, I've got to do this stuff. <laughs> My work never ends, you know, molding child's mind. You know, I, 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 I know. And I feel the same way. She's looking at the paper like, yeah, these are my students. These are their test scores. So, yeah, Udro. Yeah, good, good student, Udro. <laughs> Only two out of ten here. He's got to work harder. He's got to, you know, he's got to, he's got to really apply himself. Um but yeah, it is nice, and I do it. And let it be known too that uh, I have filled out my brackets. I filled out my my my, my uh, pickums from the for the Voices of Wrestling G one pickums. That's that's where I do mine, and Joel I believe is the same. Uh, the first and best. Um, so mine are in. I know last year I failed everyone. Because of my busy lifestyle <laughs> and my hangovers, <laughs> never got it done. Um, but it's done; it's in. So uh, yeah, the, it was. Here, we're sitting here the 18th of October for the finals. So will there be time for a best of the Super Junior? Huh? Well, something's got to go, right? I mean, because we're assuming that after this, we're going to have at least one major show. Um, with a title defense, right? That's the assumption. And then, what are you going to do? Are you scrapping World Tag League? Are you? I mean, it's it's after that. It's we're pretty much into Christmas Dome season. So, no, I don't think that they're going to have a Best of the Super Junior as of as of right now. I haven't heard anything. Truth be told, I haven't asked. Um, but uh, I don't. I mean, where where are we going to shoehorn that fucking thing? And what are we going to do? Have a four man tournament again? Yeah, I think part of the part of the issue is that for big names like you know your Jay White's, Juice Robinsons, people like that, it's easier to bring them into the country because, well, for whatever reasons, you know, the red tape. But I think if you're trying to bring in, you know, Dragon Lee's or Flip Gordon's or Alex Shelley's or whatever, then maybe it's not so easy to do that. So I just think it might be very difficult for them it might be very difficult for them to bring in the foreign talent that they would want to under the current circumstances. 
I got your image, by the way. I know we're putting it on 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 hold for a second, but yeah, this looks like a, a fucking bad spinoff from Game of Thrones, is what this looks like. Um, yeah, but yeah, the font. Like, what are they, what are we trying to do here? Is this medieval-y things? Is this, is that what they're? Is that the vibe we're trying to get here? Uh, yeah, it's the lion's break crown bracket. So obviously, if it's crown, you need unreadable font. <laughs> right. Looks like a like a bad Irish pub. <laughs> Where are we going? We're going to the brown. That, that's terrible. That was a terrible. I don't even know what I'm doing there. All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> a, I don't know what that was. I don't even know what that was. I don't. I wouldn't even. I don't even know. I don't even know. So don't come. Don't come fucking tweeting us because I don't even know what I did. I, I imitated a line. What do you think of that? Huh? Okay. That's what that was. That's what I did. It sounded I like Welsh, Damon. No, it was not. Certainly not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to do it. I did a lion. I imitated a lion for lions. Uh, what is this fucking dumb show? Um, lion. Uh, what is it? Lion crown. Uh, lions break. <laughs> lions break crown. What the fuck does that mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> just three nouns that shouldn't go together. <laughs> lions break crown. Ah, uh, so I I want you to right now at the top of your head come up with a better tournament name, but you have to use a animal. Some type of verb and another any random noun and go. Uh, is that for me or for the listeners? Oh, uh, well, anybody, but right now for you, uh, giraffe <laughs> leap <laughs> handbag. <laughs> I mean, it's not a, it's not that far off. Lions break crown. <laughs> or as I did. <laughs> Wow, somebody, yeah, okay. I hope oh, everybody. Let's comes. get into it. Give, give me a pick. Who's winning the Lions Break Crown? Uh, I'm going to go with Barrett Brown. Oh, it's Barrett Brown. I'm sorry. Looks like geez, really did. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Barrett Brown, you got my pick. You're a super J. You have the support of Damon, the super J cast. I'm going to be watching for Barrett Barrig Brown, according to this font. Barrig, you're my guy. Go get him. Go win that crown. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would like Clark Connors to win. Yeah. I think well, he's, he's the probably, pick everybody's going to pick. He's, he's probably the best. I don't know a great deal about the other guys, to be fair, but I think he's probably the best wrestler out of the eight. But I don't know if him still technically being a young lion precludes him from uh, winning anything that isn't a young lion's cup. But then again, this this is a lion's break crown. I don't... Okay. <laughs> I think we've probably spent too long on that. <laughs> we, no, we've spent just a bit of money. How about Danny... Oh, it's supposed to be... I can't, I, seriously, this font is, is terrible. I just want that to be known. Limo? Oh, it's limelight. Is it? Li- yeah. I thought you were doing a bit, but you genuinely can't read it. Yeah, the, I'm, it's terrible, eye, isn't it? It is awful. Danny Limelight, right? Okay. Adrian Quest, Blake Christian, right? Okay. Let me do the other side or a side. Is that Logan Regal? Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. The DKC. There's Clark and George. 
I, I, it's fucking with my eye. It really is. It looks like clear wagger, to be quite honest with you. But I know it's not. <laughs> it's called a clear wager. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? I'm voting for Jordan Clear Wager. Jordan Clear Wager is my uh, second pick. It's not Clear Wager. David, would you put a Clear Wager on that outcome? Oh, fuck yes. Fuck I would. How about that? Where would I do that? Who's taking those type of odds? Who's taking my money for that? Well, I'll tell you who. Now, I'll tell you who's not. But it was just a smart thing. Because they have better things to do with their time, and that is our good friends at my bookie. Oh, my bookie. Let me tell you something, Joel. It is sports time in the USA. And I saw your little tweet the other day about you and your eyes glazing over when I talk sports. Listen, this is where uh, we're universally bound by sport. Because you, me, everyone listening, you all can get in on the fun at my bookie. My bookie. Uh, look, it's a weird year. We've got the NFL starting. We've got the NHL starting. We've got the NBA, or not NHL starting. They're ending. They're about ready to give away a cup. Uh, NBA playoffs, baseball. The Premier League, I, I know they started up uh, last weekend, right? How'd your Arsenal do? Uh, let's let's have a look, Damon. Maybe, if, I don't know if you've got access to the Premier League table. Could you, if possible, open that up and tell me which team is currently top of the Premier League and therefore the best team in the country? Oh, let's see here. Premier League, I can do that. I can Google that right now. Yeah, okay. Well, well looky here. All right. There's the Premier League table schedule. I don't want that. I want uh, results. Uh, I know I'm very slow here and uh, taking that. I, it's look, going to be worth it, you know. We're going to we've got to do this right, Damon. Look who's here! Look who's here! Arsenal, right? Is that the answer? That, that is where we're going to stay. That's where you're staying. That's where. And well, you can put your money where your mouth is, Joel. Right? That's that's what we do here at my bookie. Uh, it's all about that winning season. Winning season. Feeling good about that winning season. If you're an Eagles fan, eh, maybe not so much, right? Uh, winning season means doubling your first deposit. How about that? Doubling your first deposit. That's great. Winning season means free bets. It means super contests. It means survivor pools. It means it all at my bookie. Winning season is all about your chance to win big. Again, NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs. Right? That's my thing. Get your baseball still going on. Pennant race going on. How about a big fight? UFC. Right? You want to put some money down on that? This is where you do it. Look, I know a lot of you guys and gals and people and friends, you like to wager a little bit on your sports. I know it. You tell me all the time. Here's where you got to do it. I'm giving you, I'm giving you a great opportunity here. I'm giving you a great opportunity as I bang the top of this car hood. Uh the craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. Right? Simple. You make your picks. You win big. You collect your cash. Invest in your intuition, your sports intuition, Joel. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting. Now, here's what you got to do. 
I need you to go to my bookie, right? My bookie. Sign up. It's right there. Type mybookie.ag. You sign up. Sports bet book right there. When you sign up, you're going to enter the code SuperJ. SuperJ, that is. And double your first deposit. That's pretty cool. And new players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add a little bit more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Look, no-brainer. Put in Super J. We're giving you something, right? We're giving you something. You're doing it already. This is you, you, you have fun doing it already, betting on your sports. You do it here at MyBookie. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, parlays. Oh, wait. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only by using the code SuperJ at MyBookie. So uh, let's go back to this Fighting Spirit Unleashed show, which took place on Friday. So we had opening match with ACH and TJP defeating the team of Logan Regal and Adrian Quest. I thought this match was really good. I like ACH and TJP as a team. I kind of thought they might do an angle with one of them turning on the other to lead into a singles feud, but I hope they do stay together because ACH and TJP against, let's say, Gorillas of Destiny could be a fun little match. So I enjoyed that. Uh, second match, Rocky Romero against Danny Limelight. This was okay. Pretty good. You know, these matches where you think, yeah, that was okay, and then you immediately forget about them. But again, that's not necessarily a complaint. I'm not looking for match of the year caliber stuff here. Uh, third match, Grid is a Destiny defeating PJ Black and David Finley. Um, fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have any more insight than that. I can't, can barely remember anything that happened. But I think the big match we want to talk about here was the main event, which was the IWGP US Heavyweight Right to Challenge contract with Kenta defeating... Jeff Cobb in 17 minutes, 57 seconds with a go-to sleep. Now, you may remember, Damon, when we discussed the semi-finals of the New Japan Cup USA, and there was a bit of shenanigans in the Kenta versus Jeff Cobb match, where there were some low blows and ref bumps, and I didn't like it at the time. But then, when Jeff Cobb came to challenge after Kenta won the briefcase, I thought, ah, this is why they did the bullshit mm. and the shenanigans in the semi-final, because now... Jeff Cobb and Kenta can have a rematch and have a lovely clean finish, do yeah, a proper well. match together. And I was enjoying this match. I thought there was some good legwork. I thought Cobb was selling nicely and it was building up, building up. But then, Damon, not only did they do the same ref bump <laughs> bullshit that they did in the first match, they yeah. then added an extra portion of bullshit on top of that bullshit with Chase Owens doing a run-in. And... At that point, Damon, I had to go to the toilet and wash my hands of all this bullshit because I did not like this one bit. It seemed a little excessive, didn't it? Did seem a little much. Uh, I'm all for that episodic television where we're continuing storylines and going on and on and on. Um, but that's the thing, Damon. You got you got to continue the storylines, not tell the same story again. Right. Right. It feels like we just ran in place. Uh, for you know, we did we did a mile by running in place. Uh, yeah, I I I kind of turned off that show with uh, a bit of a shoulder shrug. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I'll be honest. If I'm a new fan to this product and I'm getting my feet wet. I don't know if that's a show where I'm like, yeah, give me more. 
On the flip side, as an old, battered, beaten, <laughs> just uh, been there for the long ride, fam, I as well would be along with that new fan with a beer in hand, giving him a acknowledging wink, uh, maybe a growl. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, and I would say I feel the same way as you. Because I turned off that show, Joel, and felt like, what was the fucking point of this? <sighs> I'm not feeling these shows. I'm going to say it. I know we're, we tried our best. I know we're all, we're, we're excited to see faces that we hadn't seen before. And it was another idea of giving people work and uh, getting through a pandemic with some pro wrestling. But as I sit here right now on, again, September 15th, Joel, I don't necessarily feel the need to watch this particular program. I feel like I, by not watching it, I miss nothing. And by watching it, I feel like I gained – I watched the show. Help me help me get back on the uh, feel good about strong and all that there is from this uh, U.S. version of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Give me, give me, um, give me what I need to get back on board because I'm because I'm losing my way right now. We've got the giraffe leap handbag tournament to look forward to. So if that's not going to get your juices flowing, Damon, nothing will. I guess not. Uh, how are you feeling about these shows? They are inoffensive and forgettable. Yes. And those are not great. It's not exactly a ringing endorsement. But, you know, I appreciate that they're short. But you know, do, would I rather be doing something else with that hour? Probably. I could be putting a bit of time into Final Fantasy VII with that. Oh, I know. I'd love to get back into that. But 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 jokes aside, I know it's hard to do. <laughs> um, what, what, what these shows are? I just I'm not I'm I'm feeling nothing from them. Like this this I just don't feel anything watching them. I don't feel anything. Missing them. I don't know. There's just no. Is anybody is is, am I am I really am I just missing the boat on them? I know there's short shows and they're there, but there's nothing here to sink my teeth into. It feels like feels like I'm just watching. I don't even know what I'm watching. There's got to be. I just think this is a missed opportunity in many cases for what this show could be. I feel like it's a placeholder. Because I feel like the minute they can, they they will be overseas and participating with the the the, the you know, I don't want to say the real group, but you know, they'll be a little bit more in the mix. 
It feels like they're on this separate island, biding their time, just waiting to get the fuck out of there, <laughs> get to get to the get to the main roster. You know, they're the main roster. But you know what I mean? Get get over Tokyo. Um. So much more can be done with it. Again, I just I just feel like I'm just watching matches and with no real rhyme or reason. And that and then to add to that, the matches that have somewhat of a rhyme or reason, you're just kind of left with you mean to tell me he's neither well, never mind. Why am I complaining about this? I'm gonna do what the fuck they want to do anyway. <laughs> That's the worst part is that I, I, I like I who it's it's uh, who cares about it? I got to do a show and I'm talking about things that it's just not. Let's, about. No, let's put, let's put it behind us, Damon. Let's move straight on All to right. a question. No, I, I actually no last last word on this. I think with that main event, I understand. We're going to talk about Jeff Cobb later. I understand there was probably some effort made to protect him there, but I thought. If they continue down the route of just Cobb losing the match clean because his leg was hurt, you know, let's say he goes for the tour of the islands, but his knee buckles and Kenta manages to roll him up on the bad knee or whatever, I don't think that would have hurt Jeff Cobb. I think he would he would have been absolutely fine. His credibility would be fine going into the G1 if he just lost the match clean with the leg story, but they didn't, and I didn't like it. Anyway, right. uh, how about for- this? If okay. you feel the need to protect Jeff Cobb, don't put him in the fucking match. Right, exactly. They're in control of the booking. Don't, yeah, right. there's no need to have the rematch. Right. I mean, I don't know where it's pro wrestling. We can do anything we want. Have someone else go in there. Because, again, it's like, who? We got to protect Jeff Cobb. What? what? I don't know. Oh, whatever. All right. Why am I? Come on. <sighs> G1. Let me ask G1? you a question. Just one, one last question on the US thing. So Ted just says, what happens with Moxley as US champ now that both Kenta and Cobb will be in the G1 in Japan and the US belt is set to vacate September 29th, apparently? I, I, I think it vacates. Right? It, there, I, I'm just thinking logistically. There's no way that belt is getting defended by the end of this month. Right? Can we all agree with that? Give me, a, give me an ideal scenario of... John Moxley defending that title. What are we doing? Running, getting on an island, fight island. Uh, I know people doing talk on the Jericho Canada. cruise, international Jericho waters. cruise. Yeah, I don't think there are cruises. Are there cruises? I don't think you know. There's are you know. I know, I know, I know. Jericho doesn't, you know. This is his band. Fuck, does he? He right. do whatever he wants. <laughs> no masks for Jericho Cruz. Uh, didn't he perform at like that Sturgis rally, that motorcycle rally yep. thing? Yep. Yeah, that turned that's turned into a nice little idea, wasn't it? Nice little super yeah, spreader idea. Yeah, it didn't go very well, did it? Ah, uh, you know, a couple people were sick, and you know, hey, look, everybody's gonna be all right. It's just a flu, dude. Just a flu. Everybody's gonna be all right. Ah, uh, what? How many people got it? Oh, okay. How many dot? Okay, from that one event. Oh, gotta hear, gotta hear some Fozzie though. Got to hear some Fozzie. What? You sick? Okay. Ventilate? What? Okay. Got to hear some Fozzie. Yeah. 
fucking world stinks. Imagine making uh, that decision, thinking, I know. Yeah, it's a very good chance if I go to this rally, I'm going to get seriously ill here and have crippling long-term effects on my health. But Fozzy, I'll get to listen to some Fozzy. <laughs> Wait, I'll see Chris Jericho. So many other bands. Who else was there? Smash Mouth was there? Who else was that I see that was performing at the Sturgis event? Hey now, you're a rock star. Get your game on. Take your pants off. Go play. Hey now. Ah, oh, getting the sniffles. <clears throat> Sturgis. Remember they had fucking WCW there? This show is going off the rails, by the way. I just want to let you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about the G1 Climax, David? I do, yeah, let's talk about G1 Climax before we uh, what, what do you think about the fact we're getting only six match cards with the Young Lion openers? Okay. In a, in a, in a small way, not a small way, uh, in a pretty big way, I, I do enjoy it. You're getting, you're getting meat and potatoes. The fact that I, my fast-forward button is going to be uh, less used is good. Um. I like it. You're getting you, you're. Here's one thing that New Japan has done is they have cut out a lot of the fucking fat on shows. You know they've slimmed down shows. You know we just had a big outdoor show that felt like it flew by. That I mean I mean a year ago that would have been a four hour. I got to carve out you know half my afternoon to watch a show. They slimmed it down. I like that. Um, and I like the fact that, for the most part, not even for the most part, you're getting you're getting the meat and the potatoes. I like that. It's good. <laughs> As Joe likes to say, you're getting the meat and two veg. <laughs> you're not messing around with anything else. You get... You get you're getting the good stuff. Fuck all that. Fuck the foreplay. I am in the weirdest mood today. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know what it is. Uh, do you, do but, you think there'd be any value in keeping track of the? So it's just going to be singles matches between various combinations mm-hmm. of Yuyo Emre, Yota Suji, and Gay Kids. Fine. Do you think we should consider that the C block and keep a tally no. of the results oh. to crown? the C-Block champion out of those three young lions at the end of the tour. I hate the C-Block. <laughs> okay? I, I don't... Uh, See you next you, Tuesday, Block. Am I right? Yeah! <laughs> you like that? Uh, I mean, look. I know everybody wants to have fun. I know everybody wants to fucking uh, get, their, get their little thing in. And I know that they, you know, when it, when it was originally happening, it was a little tongue in cheek, but I'm sure they were a little upset that they weren't involved, and so they did the C block. We don't have to do it at the C block every year. We, it was it was funny once for ten minutes. Um, we're we're good with the C block. I had a wacky idea, Damon. That I I feel sometimes when they announce the order of the matches, and then you look at the final two nights and you see who's facing off against each other, it kind of spoils it. What it do you think about the idea of them doing? mystery cards so you don't know who's going to be facing whom in the block until you, you turn up on the night Oof, that's a slippery slope for me 
One of the biggest pet peeves that I have in the world of pro wrestling is when you don't know the show. Um, because you can you could fucking do some shenanigans and hijinks and chicanery. Uh but obviously that would not be the case in the G1 Climax. You know you're going to get five high-quality singles okay. matches. And you know yeah. if it's a Korakuen show or an Osaka show or Sumo Hall or, or Budokan, wherever it is, that you're going to get quality matches. Yeah, it is. <sighs> Still. Yeah. Uh, it's a no from Dane. It is a no I'm going to delete the email. It's sitting in the drafts. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, I see the point. But but know that as much as I make fun of the fact that I you know we got our fucking spreadsheets out and you know this is this is where I can fucking get all geeked out over pro wrestling, we're in a minority here to analyze the 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 final three shows to determine who I I will say that the majority of New Japan fans are not doing this. The majority of New Japan fans are not sitting here with a fucking spreadsheet analyzing, okay, I need, I need, you know, fucking, uh, you know, juice to pick up a win here so we can balance out my point total, right? We're, Which we're a little exactly bit on the fringe. Which is exactly what we both spent our, our time doing. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the average New Japan pro wrestling fan isn't doing this. Now, and maybe they don't want to do it, right? Maybe they just want to turn a blind eye to it and they're like, you know, they don't they don't want to connect the dots. But I'm the asshole that wakes up at 5.30 in the morning to do a podcast on this shit. Um, and I, I actually like doing the, the kind of connecting the dots. Um, even though I'm wrong the majority of the time anyway, which makes it even better. Uh, so I see your point. Trust me, I do. Um, but I think we're in the minority when it comes to the spoiler of who's going on in the finals. And speaking of incredibly dorky spreadsheets, I've just sent you mine where I calculated, well, counted up the the card placement of the various wrestlers and gave a little scoring to that. So five points being in the main event, one point for being in the, the second match on the card and so on and so forth. So on the A block... Uh, Ibushi has got the highest card placement ranking with 31 and then we've got Jay White and Okada with 30 and then uh, Shingo with 28 and then looking at B block we've got Naito with 36 quite a way ahead of Evil in second place with 33 uh, Tanahashi with 32 so that gives you some idea of who they're leaning on to be a draw in each of those blocks does anything stand out to you there anything surprising yeah um I think I think the usual suspects are are there. Um, the people who you would expect to be down the bottom are. It's I, I think the middle people are the people that you kind of either you think I think for a lot of the middle people you would have thought that maybe that that would be a year to where they took a ne- the next leap forward. Um, a guy like uh, Tai Chi, or a guy like um, Juice, or a guy like even Sonata is one of those guys. Well, and even Kenta, like Kenta's middle of the road. 
Um, so it's the it's the middle that is like that where the arguments are made. Let's put it that way. Like nobody's arguing that Jay White is at the top of that list in Block A, right? Or Okada, or Block B, Naito, Evil Tanahashi. It's the middle where you get the arguments, and nobody's arguing, you know. You know, Jeff Cobb being down the bottom or in, in A or Yoshihashi being down the bottom in B. Um, I think where the arguments are made is, you know, Sonata, Kenta, uh, Osprey, Taichi, uh, even Suzuki. Suzuki might be the one guy if we're just looking at main events. Down the bottom of the pack in block A. Shingo... One, two, three, four spots above them. And again, when it comes to main events, match placement, if that, if you're using that as a guide, if you're using that by any value judgment, um, and I kind of do. Um, pretty, pretty wide margin there. Suzuki with what, uh, twenty three points that you had tallied up, and Shingo with what, twenty eight. That's a pretty decent swing, I think. Hmm. Well, who stands out to you? What, what What are you getting out of it? What are you pulling from this data, Joel? I think the fact that Evil is a lot higher up than he certainly would have been in previous years. So I think it does show some degree of faith in him that he is in the semi-main event of so many matches. Like more than anyone, he's got five semi-mains and two main events. So... I think, yeah, that's a real show of faith in him. And, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what kind of matches we get out of him, which, again, we're going to talk about later. But I just think with this and also the the cards for the final two nights, it doesn't give away a great deal. And it is keeping people guessing, which I think is a big positive. And someone reached out to me on Twitter. This is at Ryugu underscore Joe, who says, and I quote, uh, Gado has done the exact same thing in the G1 five years in a row. In every block, the number one in semi-mains and the number one in mains face off in the final night main, 10 times out of 10. In 2020, he's tossed the whole fucking thing out of the window. I'm appalled, it's awesome. The other trend is that the person with the most semi-mains has made the G1 final all five years. That could still happen with evil. Mm -hmm. So, little interesting caveat there, that certain booking patterns have been overturned this year. You know, as I've said before, with this whole half attendances thing they are kind of playing with house money to some extent so they can get wacky and do some interesting things but i would like to take this opportunity to discuss each entrant into the g1 and what the chances are speculate about what might be happening um before we do that did you see the, the bookmakers odds i did not who's who's the uh who's the favorite who do you think the favorite is that's a great question all right um i would say I'll give you three. I would say Okada. I would say... I would say Okada. I would say Kenta. I would say Naito. But a three top. Okay, well, take a look. I've just sent the odds your way on WhatsApp. Right. Let me go here. Oh, there they are. Isn't that amazing? Sonata is what two to one? Yeah, two to one odds. Because that surprised you. Yeah, yeah. 
Evil three to one, Okada three to one, Jay White five to one, Naito six to one, Kenta eight to one. Wow. I'll tell you what. I might put some money down on this. <laughs> I might have to. I might have to. Uh, is, no, let me not- warn you. I was very close to. I, I tried to open an account with this place who I'm not going to name because obviously. No, we, no, no, of course. Of course. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, I didn't because I was probably going to put a large amount of money on Tetsuya Naito winning the G1 Climax. And as we know, that didn't pan out. So uh, I'm going to stay well clear of this because I think it is pretty unpredictable. I'm going to give you my my picks as we go through. Um, Yeah, any other thoughts on the bookmakers' odds or should we move on to discussing the participants? I I can't imagine. I like like the fact that someone's doing it um, and willing to take money off that. Why would any bookmaker do that <laughs> like i just i don't know that's that's just i mean i know they've done it in the past but not, I, don't, I don't even know that I, I, I just like the idea of the people in charge of that company getting uh a boss we've got a rather large bet being placed on here by mr g edo <laughs> right, right 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 seriously uh uh an m craven <laughs> Oh, Christ almighty. Yeah, it would be... uh... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club. Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 
10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Would be weird, wouldn't it? I mean, where do they get like I get Las Vegas have professional uh I mean people who are just so sports and odds and analytics focused to give you odds because it's a billion dollar industry. Who's sitting there like <laughs> doing G one odds? And like, what's the criteria? I mean, are they going back and using? I mean, last no, if it's you, if you are in charge of coming up with a G one odds, get in touch with us. We'll have you on the show. Yeah, well, we'll have you on the show. You will be on the show immediately. Yeah, yes, we'll line that up. So if you know someone, get uh, that work. Yeah, we need we need to make this happen. I need to know who who's how are you how are these coming up? How are you how are you making these happen? And if you get a lot of action on them, that's what I love. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. I want. I need to know. Get somebody. Get a hold of the the person who is doing this. Tell me know. why. Tell us. Tell why. us why. We want to bet on G one. We want to lose money on Goto. <laughs> All, right. All right. Should we get into uh, our, our twenty boys yeah. then? Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about Yujiro Takahashi now. Damon, here is the uncomfortable truth about Yujiro Takahashi's inclusion. That other podcast, they won't acknowledge this. They don't understand this. Because on all the other small brain podcasts, you're going to get bitching and moaning. Why did they put Yujiro in? Why didn't they put Sho or Hiromu in instead? What about my star ratings? Well, guess what? Yujiro is not in there for you. He's in there for the wrestlers. He's in there for the nine other guys who are breaking their backs on the rest of the tour. Yes, there's going to be a lot of bullshit, lots of jado, kendo stick nonsense, but Yujiro is not taking a spot from Hiromu or Sho. He's taking Bad Luck Farley's spot. He right. is the day off match. He's the Yano of A Block, but like depressing instead of funny. And his matches are very strategically placed. If you look at who he's facing when, he's got Will Ospreay first. So Ospreay, a guy who you know hasn't been wrestling that much lately, so easing back into it, and then Ospreay's ready to go on a tear after that. Okada has Yujiro in his second match after he's faced Ibushi in the opening match. So then, you know, I'm extrapolating here. You know, Okada's been kind of taken easy. He's got to turn it on that first night in Osaka against Ibushi and deliver a big main event. And then after that, he gets a little rest against Yujiro. In the middle of the, the G1, Yujiro's facing guys like Shingo and Ishii, who are, your, you know, your workhorse guys, your guys who you're looking to bring the, the, the high-intensity matches and are probably going to be hurting a bit by the time you get to the middle of the tour. So... Whether or not you like Yujiro, he is there for a reason. And Damon, this is why we're the best New Japan podcast. You, you're not getting this depth of analysis about Yujiro fucking Takahashi anywhere else. So, yeah, he's going to get very few points. Who do you think he could beat? That's, I was going to ask that. How many points are, do you think he gets? And who does he beat? Because he's going to beat at least one person. He's getting at least two. And I will go so far as to say... For Yujiro, um, where am I? 
I have him at four. I have him at four points. He gets two wins. Uh, his first win for me comes at, drum roll please, Tai Chi. Oh, I got the same. Exactly the really? same. Really? I've got Tai Chi too. I've only got him at two points because I think two two or four, more likely four, but he's going to be very low. Um, I, I think I'm kind of looking forward to his match against Jay White because obviously that's Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. I think that's going to be interesting just to see how that plays out. Probably a lot of shenanigans, but I'm excited to see what they do with that. I mean, do you so, think Udro is going to be more motivated now that, you know, he's been out of it for five years and now he's been thrown back in? You know, I've said that he's the day off match, but do you think he might want to prove some people wrong? And, and who who do you think could, quote unquote, drag him to a good match if they if they felt the inclination to on their day off? I think every, everybody could. I don't think Udro's bad. I think Udro is a safe hand to get them through the fucking night. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think some of these matches could be very good. Very good. Um, uh, my second match that he, that he, you know, picks up points. October 5th. I have a picking up a win against Shingo. What do you think of that? Ooh, that yeah. is a hot take, Damon. Yeah, I have that. I mean, that's it. That's all he's got. But um, look, the worst thing people do on their picks is think, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. He wins. Your, 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 your idea of what you think is awesome means nothing. <laughs> the idea is to keep, keep everyone competitive to a certain point. There's a certain point where people are just got to fall by the wayside, right? Um, but you got to keep people competitive and keep people on their toes. Um, and people have to lose to do that. Like you can't have everyone just fucking bulldoze over even, you know, Yano, Yano's going to pick up wins. We've seen it before. We've seen Yano pick up wins against big fucking names. I mean, that's, that's, that's what. Some of his matches, quite honestly, are some of the more, I wouldn't say like match quality-wise exciting, but it depends on what your definition of match quality is because sometimes that two-minute sprint is more entertaining than the fucking 30-minute epic. Anywho, yeah, so I have him picking up four points, uh, and I have him winning over Shingo, and I have him winning over Taichi. Let's talk about Jeff Cobb, who... In terms of the match cards, he's pretty low placement. He's just a one step above Udro. But we know the company must be keen on him because he's been protected on Strong, on Fighting Spirit Unleashed, rumoured to be very well liked by everyone in the company. And they obviously pulled a lot of strings to get him in at the expense of a lot of other wrestlers. There is a spot on the, the roster for a foreign big man since you've had guys like Lance Archer and Bad Luck Farley out. Uh, I mentioned before, like the, he's got the line mark on his uh, match graphic rather than the ROH logo. He had the ROH, ROH logo last year. So again, don't be surprised if it comes out soon that he has been signed full time. But uh, you know, we'll leave that up to uh, the company and Jeff to announce. But uh, 
What did you think of his output last year in his G1? Because a lot of people were quite disappointed by him and said he's, you know, he ties out quickly, he's got cardio issues and they think he needs to do better here. Uh, and he's certainly got the best possible, uh, possible opponents to go out and, and have a really good G1. So uh, what are your thoughts on Jeffrey Cobbles? I think if you were disappointed um, with cardio issues or with... Um match output or with all of that. And again, I think people point out his, it, the things that he needs to work on in the sense of um, he needs to have the right opponent to have a, a, he has better matches with opponents of a certain style. That's for sure. Um, that being said, I think there is something to be said about a guy who, A, if all things are accurate, which uh, you know, listen, we're, we're right more than we're, we're not. Um, you know, might have something to prove when it comes to I'm a full-time guy. This is my second one, so I kind of know what they expect. I know the grind of G1. I'm going to say this as well. Traditionally, G1 happens in the fucking balls-ass, blazing hot summer time heat now it's in an air-conditioned buildings to a certain degree but i just want to be very clear japanese air conditioning and north american air conditioning they're two fucking separate things two fucking separate things these matches are occurring in october weather's going to be nicer right it's going to be a lot less of a drag on these guys um getting through the night if you know what i'm saying uh, so if you're worried about cardio, I think Jeff knows what to what to expect with G1 now. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Jeff Cobb being in G1 because I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be just fine. Got him at six points. Um, so a notch above Ujiro. and I think that's probably where. I mean, I don't I don't see him, especially in that block. I mean, that's his role in this block. His role is to be a guy to counterbalance the fucking points. That's that's really what they're there for. He's there to pick up a win when when we need to put the seesaw one way, take a fall when we need to balance that out, right? Um, six points. That's not bad. Not bad. But yeah, um, he'll he'll see more losses than he'll, he'll see wins. I've got him on eight at the moment. He had eight last year. Um, he's got Yudro on the final night, so I think we can safely assume that neither of those guys are going to be in contention to make it through to the finals. Right, correct. I would say that's a very safe guess. Um, I have him losing to Tai Chi opening night. I have him losing to Jeff... Co- or excuse me, uh, beating Shingo second night. So he picks up his first night against Shingo. Uh, I have him, I actually have him winning against Minoru Suzuki. What do you think of that? You think I'm out of my mind with that one? I had the same actually because, well, we'll come on to Suzuki next, but I thought that might be a tasty little never open weight title match somewhere down the That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. You were on the same boat. So, uh, Cobb getting wins. And again, we got to keep things interesting early they love to do that they love to have that 
the guys you think should win lose early and make a comeback strong, right? And guys that you think, what the fuck? Like, you want to wake up four days into this thing and be like, who's in first place? That makes it interesting, makes it fun, right? If guys are out of the block, shit in the bed that you know aren't going to go further, then what's the point in that? So, yeah. Uh, and it sets up guys that you would think Jeff Cobb would be in the ring with down the road. Suzuki. Shingo. Um, so, yeah, I have him picking up two big wins right out of the gate. And then he goes on a big, fat losing streak after that. But, yeah. Uh, Shingo, or Shingo, Suzuki, and then uh, he loses Kota Ibushi. That's where he... That's where he starts falling apart. So that that night, September thirtieth, he'll he'll take a fall to Kota. Let's move on then to the never openweight champion Minoru Suzuki. So he's back in after missing out last year. So we know what to expect with him. You know, lots of stiff shots and and scary faces. He's a guy who can beat anyone, and he could lose to anyone. Because let's not forget, uh, in twenty eighteen, he put over Hangman Page. So. It's difficult to know with uh, the Suzuki picks when he's going to win and lose his matches. But yeah, as I said, he's a never champ. Uh, we've got a question from Mixel Plicks who says, Never forever. Looking forward to seeing who gets never shots off Suzuki coming out of the G1. My fantasy scenario is Ibushi winning the title and giving Hiromu a title shot, maybe even at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, what do you think, Damon? Who do you think Suzuki could lose to in order to set up some title defences or even a Tokyo Dome match? Because on the final night, he does have... Shingo Takagi, who is the guy that he beat at Jingu Stadium for that never openweight title. So I think we both agree Jeff Cobb could be a title defense. Do you, do you think ultimately we're working our way back to uh, Suzuki versus Shingo for that belt? Or yeah, just, just talk to me about Suzuki in your G1 class. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that same camp as you. Um, and he is a middle of the road point getter for me. Um, I don't think he'll break double digits this year. I think he'll be single digits. Uh, eight, I have him as. Um, he'll pick up wins over guys that you think he would, like uh, Ishii, right? I think that's a match he wins opening night. Um, Taichi, I think he gets that win, um, which which is an interesting match. I know that, that somebody had let us know that that match happened before. Um, on a uh, Noah show, I think it was, or, or but yeah, the, the, but that should still should be very interesting. Um, I'm sure to see where. Oh, I have him losing to Jeff Cobb. I have him losing to. Uh, I haven't beaten Yujiro on. Uh, I <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, Dave, but one of the main reasons I've got him losing to Jeff Cobb is because I'm not sure that he could lift up Cobb for that uh, Gotch Star power driver. <laughs> right. I mean, listen. Uh, got to take that into consideration. Uh, I I have Suzuki on the fifth. Again, he's got to pick up a loss along the way. Okada does. I have Suzuki beating Okada, and then I have him losing. Now you said he put over Hangman Page. I have Suzuki losing the next the next A block set of matches to Will Ospreay. 
What do you think of that? Mm, I'm not sure about that. I'll have to check mine to see what I did. So what night is that with uh, Osprey Suzuki? Yep, that is the seventh. So here's my thinking. Can, again, he's an, an older gentleman. Can Suzuki take the Stormbreaker? Can he get up and <laughs> do that spinny thing? Right. Uh, I'm not sure that he can. So I'm just yep. trying to find the match. Uh, no, I've got Osprey winning this one as well, actually. Ah, see, okay. I got Osprey winning that one. And then I, I have literally back-to-back. So Osprey win, and then he loses to Abushi On the 10th. So how many points uh, is, he, is he ending up eight, with in yours? Eight. I haven't beaten Jay White to get back on the winning track on the 13th. Is it? So, yeah, eight points I have Suzuki at. Um, again, middle of the rope. Not double digits. Um, I'll tell you what. In, in A block, the people I have protected, though, um, going into like final weeks, Jay White, Okada. I do have Osprey protected at the end. And I, I'm telling you, there's a reason that match is you know, one of the last nights, that Okada-Osprey match. There, there is a reason save it, for that. Save it. Save it. Right? Okay. okay. We're talking about Suzuki here. And Suzuki, to a certain degree. Um, Suzuki's going to be in the mix, but there's not... Um, you know, like, like I said, he beats Jay White. I think Suzuki is a guy that's going to fuck up brackets. You know what I mean? Like, like toward the end... Of, toward, wow, I just did a Peter Brady. Or Bobby Brady. Or Peter. Um, he's going to be a guy that fucks up brackets. Uh, I have him losing the Shingo. I have him... Uh, on on the final night to help set up some never open shit. So um, I do have him taking the, the fall there. So his last night, um, he loses to Shingo. How about his Suzuki-gun teammate, Taichi? Because Taichi's a guy who's been slowly creeping up the car to become one of the bigger heels in the company. And he's got a big hometown match against Suzuki, which they laying the breadcrumbs for at Korakuen. They were out grabbing each other by the throat. Really, really good stuff. You know, Suzuki refusing to uh, accept the tag from Taichi, you know, get yourself out of trouble, Mr. Big Shot, which I thought was very compelling. Really looking forward to that. Um, Taichi has a final night match against Ibushi at Sumo Hall, which I think is likely to be pretty high up the cards and speaks volumes about his elevation. I suspect he's more likely to be playing spoiler there to... Yep. I, I don't know. It, it looks like they're going to continue that feud between the two teams. So what do you expect from... Taichi, and in particular those two matches against Suzuki and Ibushi. I think Suzuki gets the win over him for the the interfaction one, but I think the most important one. I, well, let's put, let's let's put it this way: I have uh, him at eight points, but along at eight with eight points, he's with Suzuki, and he's with Shingo. He's in that he's in that mix, and again, he's there. So those people that are at eight for me are the, are the people that are going to fuck up some brackets, right? Especially at the final night. He's got to, you, you got to get Kota Ibushi out of the way, right? Because I don't think he's in the finals. I don't think they go back back to him. So he's got to lose. And I say he loses to Taichi. And, and I have him losing on the 16th um, to kind of officially get Kota Ibushi out of the way. So, yeah, eight points, 
But it, the big role for him, you know, fucking up a bracket, and Abushi's the guy he fucks. <laughs> Hot. Like it. Uh, okay, let's talk about Will Osprey, who, you know, as we know, is looking a lot bigger these days. He's dropped the aerial from his nickname. He's just the assassin now. So maybe we're going to see a slightly different style from him. Uh, I mean, if you think of some of Osprey's best matches, they are against people who are in this block. So guys like Okada, Shingo, uh, Jay White at that anniversary show, Ibushi, and also, I think a lot of people are expecting him to be carrying uh, the rest of the guys to their best matches like he did in Best of the Super Juniors. So, again, our Osprey versus Yujiro match, that's probably going to be one of Yujiro's better matches uh, in the G1 Climax. But I think the most interesting thing for Osprey is this huge match with Okada at Sumo Hall. Because people are wondering, is he still going to be in the mix then? Is he, you know, is he going to be spoiling Okada? Is this going to be another near miss? I cannot see Will Osprey being put in this match okay that's in terms of name value that's I think is the biggest match on that show Okada versus Will Ospreay I think that's going to be the main event of the show and I cannot see Ospreay being put in the main event of Sumo Hall on the block final night if he's already been eliminated so right. I think he goes into that match with a shot of making it through I don't think he does make it through but I think this this might very well be the start of Will Ospreay as the new main event babyface because we've got evil as our new main event heel you know the main event scene it needed freshening up people were complaining it was stale you're getting the same guys so <laughs> there's your monkey poor wishes folks you got evil and will osprey in the mix now so that's what i expect from will osprey i think he's going to be in contention in the final night but it's just going to fall short again to yep. his his big brother okada i 100 percent agree there's a reason why this match is is where it is um, it's a continuation of previous uh, storylines in the sense of Will needing and wanting to get a win over Okada uh, to prove it to himself, pushing him to the limits. Here's another step in that direction. Um, I'm looking at my point totals here. They've, I have Will and Okada both finishing with 12 points. That's how close it's going to be. That match to me is uh, winner take all. Like Okada's got to win. Gets the tiebreaker, right? Uh, point totals will be even. But because he beats Will, he goes on. Um uh, I think what you're saying is accurate uh, about even a further elevation. I know some people might not want to hear that, but um, I think it falls in line with a narrative that we've heard more than a few times from more than a few people of the expectations of what New Japan wants from Will Ospreay. Uh so that might make some people's stomach turn a little bit, but and if it does, please email the company. Let them know. Don't <laughs> don't harass uh, random Japanese fans on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, but it does kind of go right in line with what we've heard. Like I said, more than a few times um, when it comes to Will Osprey. So, with that being said, 
I'm going to throw. I think Okada wins, and I think Okada goes to the finals. Do you think there's a shot that they kind of hit the fast forward button a little bit? Give Will the win. Because again, we're, we're, if we go back last year, we said, oh, how awesome would it have been if Will got that win over Okada? Kind of super elevate the way we go with Will Ospreay. Do you think they do it this year? I think it's a little bit too soon. Yeah. But then again, yeah. I would have said the same thing about Evil several months ago. So it's mm. 2020. Stranger things have happened. But yeah. if you push me, I'm going to say no. Do you think they had the... Uh, let me ask you. They had the balls to do it, right? The company uh, has the yeah. balls to do it. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, yeah, not, like I said, the Evil thing, all bets are off. Anything could happen. Yeah. yeah, we're not questioning the fact that they they don't have the guts to do this. I don't think they will. Pardon the pun. You got in quite a few elevated references in there. I thought they might have been puns, but no. Nah. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't. Ca- I didn't really catch them. That one was the obvious one. Sorry, I'm very. I'm not very subtle. Um, do you think? How do you think the general New Japan fan base would take if Will Osprey did win? and did make it to the finals. How do you think the, the, the feeling would be, being that we are the voice of the New Japan fan, what do you think they're going to be saying that next morning when they wake up and Will Ospreay's in the finals? Do you mean Western fans or Japanese fans or both? Give me both. I, I think Japanese fans don't know slash care about this situation with Osprey. So I think they will be fully ready to get behind him as the next big baby face. Uh, Western fans, it it is hard to tell because we are in, we are deep in the the bubble of fandom and, you know, the Twitter people who are writing it as well. So I suspect that a lot of the vocal uh, objection to Will Ospreay is a loud minority. I'm not sure that the average Western fan of New Japan knows about this story either. So right. it could end up being an issue when they bring Osprey to the UK or the US. Again, I I don't know what that would look like or sound like, but certainly in Japan, I don't think it's an issue at all. Right. Uh, and last question, Joel, uh, now that I have you on the stand. <laughs> Um, do you think, man, nah, I'm not even going to ask that question because I know the answer to the question. I know, I know your answer and I don't even think it's that, that great of a question. I'll pass. I'll defer. The time is yours, counselor. Um, uh, all right. So with that being said, who do you have going to the finals in the A block? Can I save that? Yes, I'm, I'm doing. Yes. I'm doing this in a dramatic order. Um, let's I'm talk sorry, about Tomohiro Ishii because I don't have a great deal to say about Big Tom. You know exactly what you're going to get. He's unlikely to be in contention, but you're going to get a lot of bangers from him. And final night against Jay White. So talk to me about Ishii, please. I'm looking at my point total. I'm kind of surprised. Um, if I'm looking at my total point total, total point total, if that makes any sense. Uh, 
I have him with 10 points, and I don't know if I like the look of that. I have him with more points than Tai Chi, and I have him with more points than Shingo, and I have him with the same amount. I actually have 10 for Suzuki. Uh, I have him with the same amount there. Something don't seem right there. I don't know if I'm I'm liking the look of that. Uh, so I have him a little bit stronger than even I would say I'm comfortable with. But yeah, to me he's a he's a seesaw balancer. Um, again, in my in my block A, White, Suzuki, Will, Okada are the guys I'm keeping in the mix till the last night. Um, again, I have Ishii at ten. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I would probably shave off one win and get get him in the eight, maybe bump somebody else up. But um, I did the math and I'm sticking with what I got. And Shingo Takagi, I think, is a guy who's in not a dissimilar situation. I mean, this isn't Shingo's only second G1, and this might tell us what the company really thinks of him. Is he just a, a Dragon Gate guy who's there to have great matches and get other people over? Or is there potential there for him to be a main eventer himself? Because he has Suzuki on the final night, maybe resuming that never feud, as we've said. So how do you think Shingo's G1 plays out? Yeah, I think it's all about that last night, getting the win. Um, and I think that sets up more, I, I, you know, the, the next big show that New Japan has, I think is a, I think it's a pretty safe guess that uh, a win from Shingo over Suzuki on that 16th visit of October, uh, is when that, that's where we'll see it, it, it. I don't think they stretch it out to the Wrestle Kingdom, but, um, I think between that that him pinning Suzuki uh, in G1 on that final night will lead to Shingo with a never title around his waist again. Let's put it that way. Let's talk about Switchblade Jay White, who, of course, was a runner-up last year. And I think he might need to change things up this G1 climax because I suspect that his Bullet Club buddies, Evil, Kenta, Yujiro, are going to be doing lots of shenanigans. So this could, Damon, this could be the perfect time for Jay to gradually start pulling off clean wins more consistently. Maybe plant <laughs> the seeds for a future face turn. But you know, he's so brilliant as a heel. And uh, who knows how that's going to plan out. I, I think he's been very smartly kept away from Evil because that is a big match that a lot of people are excited about. A lot of people actually picking him to win the G1 and then maybe lose the briefcase afterwards. But I, I mean, personally, I don't think Jay White's going to win the G1. I, I can't see Jay White versus Naito again. I, I could see a scenario in the final match. He's got Ishii on the final night where he needs yeah. he, he wins and then he needs Osprey and Okada to draw. And if they draw, then he manages to slither his way into the final. But uh, a lot of uh, possibilities with Jay White. Uh, we've got a question from Dan who says, New Japan started a bit of a trend the last couple of years of having last year's losing G1 finest, winning the G1 a year later. That will mean Jay White wins this year. Um, what if Jay White meets Evil in the final and thus begins the King Switch versus Evil power struggle for Bullet Club? I can't see it myself, but uh, what do you think happens with Jay White in this G1? I don't think they would do that for a G1 final um, because I think that's that's good on its own right I think that that I, the, the idea the interfaction stuff evil Jay White is good enough to be on its own 
Um, I actually have uh, Ishii beating Jay White to knock him out of contention. On the 16th. So Jay White is a potential winner until he loses to Ishii, who plays spoiler. Um, Again, I said it. He's in the mix. He finishes with 10 points. Um, There's a bunch of guys that finish with 10 points. Again, Ibushi finishes 10 points. Suzuki, 10 points. Uh, Ishii, 10 points. But it comes down to Will and um, Okada with 12 points, winner take all. That's that's how I had it laid out in my head. Kota Ibushi, who's the holder, last year's champion, I think it's extremely unlikely that he gets three finals in a row, let alone winning it. I mean, if he did, that would be a huge deal because it's been, what, 15 years since we had back-to-back winners of the G1. He's got Taichi on the final night, as we've discussed. I think maybe he gets his win back here. Maybe he's in contention, hoping for a certain result with Okada Osprey, or more likely, I think he gets spoiled by Taichi. But either way, I think we guarantee some brilliant matches. He's got history with Osprey. He had a great match with Ishii in 2018, and of course Okada. They had a really good match at the Tokyo Dome rematch of uh, the last year's G1 final with Jay White, uh, Shingo Suzuki. They're relatively fresh opponents for him, so no surprise that Ibushi's top of that block for car placement. So I think we're looking at. Great matches, but not not in contention when it comes uh, to the end of the A block. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I I'm a big fan of keeping everybody with a chance until that final night. Tai Chi playing the spoiler. Um, block A is going to be fucking great. Look, Block A is going to be fucking incredible. Um, I don't think there's a night where I'm hand waving anything. Even the matches that I'm kind of even the, even the matches that I'm just you know I got to get from point A to point B I'm I'm excited for. And next, uh, in a, oh sorry, we're still going. No, I was just I'm sorry. Dramatic I had a little, pause. Yeah, you know me. Collecting my thoughts. Um, we got a lot of people in that block that could be MVPs, which is which is exciting. Um. Block A, block A is is where it's at. I'm sorry. Good. Last guy in the block then is because he's got Carter, many people's favorite for the whole tournament. Um, and again, I think it's fair to say he's been kind of taking it easy since the restart. That's understandable. Hopefully, he's been saving himself for the G1. I think he needs to turn it up here. I'm sure he will. Um, got Osprey on the final night. I think Okada beats Osprey on the final night, and we get Okada going through to the G1 climax final. I agree. He's my block A winner. Um, I kind of showed my cards a little bit early talking about Osprey, but um, yeah, I think a lot of people are looking to him to see what he can do during G1 just to (sighs) look, nobody was thrilled knowing that for a couple months we were going to see him and and Yujiro and Ghetto and Jato and all that nonsense. Nobody, no one was doing cartwheels for that. Um, and hopefully that was what we were talking about, just to kind of give him, get him, get him, get him from point A to point B to start G1. And then, then he's, you know, he kind of shows what he's got. I, I have no doubt. I, 
I don't think there is any shot that he um, lets us down during G1. I really don't. I don't think there's any shot. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent certain that um, by the time G1's done, no one's going to be disappointed in his performance. Let's move on to the B block then. Let's start with Yoshihashi. Again, I don't think he's as bad as uh, some people are making out. I think he's going to want to prove himself having missed out last year. And I think the rematch with Kenta is going to be really interesting because they had a match last year for the never openweight title. Could be a shock win for Yoshihashi there. So he's got Yano on the final night. So I'm assuming neither of those guys are going to be in contention. Yeah. Uh, Yoshihashi had with four points. So he's going to be one of those guys that is there to lie down a little bit. That's fine. You need that. Um, and, and and even having him in, I don't think the matches are going to be bad. I think they're going to be good. Um, I'm trying to see where I picked up wins for Yoshihashi. Um, me, 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 me. Not many. That's for that's for sure. Um, is it first night? Do I have him winning? Let's see. Boy, I'm, I don't see Yoshihashi's name a lot. <laughs> in the win column. Oh, there we go. I uh, I do have a win on the 29th. I do have him beating Sonata. I'm beating Sonata, and I have him... Uh, I have him beating Juice. Uh, his opponent on the final night, Toriano. Again, like I said about Yujiro, Yano's the day-off match in the B block, so you're going to get comedy. Could have some fun matches with uh, Kenta. I'm interested to see what they come up with together. Uh, they had a really funny match with uh, Sanada in 2018. Zach could be funny. And also, lest we forget, Damon, he is the reigning key KOPW champion, so maybe we set up some wacky defences there. Who... Uh, do you think you could see beating Toriano in the G1 and claiming a shot at KOPW down the line? Everyone, because I have Yano at four points. Um, looking at my Bs and seeing where I have Yano picking up a win. Uh, Yano, 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 Yano. I have him beating Hiroki Goto. I also have him beating... Um, Sorry, great radio. I don't know where else do I have him. Oh, uh, I have him beating Yoshihashi. Juice Robinson could be an interesting one because he's fresh back from his injury and straight into the G1. I think there's a good chance that he beats Kenta and maybe earns himself a US title shot down the line. Maybe he might suffer a bit with the quiet crowds because he's a you know big baby face that relies on vocal support from the fans. Uh, he's got Goto on the final night, which is a nice callback because that was one of his first proper feuds. Wins, yeah. Uh, so uh, really interested to see how that one plays out. But again, I don't think either of them are going to be in contention come the block finals. I think Goto will be in the mix, but I think I actually have Juice beating Goto on the final night um, to officially eliminate Goto. Um, I have Juice winding up with da, 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 eight points, um, a smattering of of wins here and there, but I think probably the bigger one will be um, Goto. Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I do have him beating. Let me just double check this, if you don't mind. Um, Juice, uh, nope, 
Oh yeah, I haven't. I actually haven't beaten Sonata. This might. Be, I might have a bias here. I think, truth be told, in in my B block, I don't have Sonata really killing it here. Uh, but I do have Juice beating Sonata, and I do have Juice beating. Um, uh, he loses the evil. He beats Yano. He tell me this. Tell me if I'm out of my mind on this one. I haven't beaten Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, that is a big call. I I don't think I have that one. I can't I can't go with you down that road, Damon. Come on, come on. You know you know who Tanahashi's doing doing a, a loss to somebody he shouldn't be doing, right? He's got to because he, he I don't I don't have Tana. I have Tana in the in the he's in the mix, but he's not high in the mix. He's got to lose somewhere. Would be a hell of a scout for Juice. To? Yeah, but no, I don't. I don't see it happening. <coughs> all right, all right, all right. But I think uh, he's middle of the road. He's a teeter totter guy. Uh, what about Hiroki Goto? Does the GNG one stand for Goto this year? Because uh, he was in the mix last year. I don't think he's going to be in the mix this year. Um, and in terms of performances, I mean, he's a guy we know. He's usually only as good as his opponent. Can phone it in from time to time. I mean, in the block, who do you think is? going to push him to a really good match like which matches are jumping out you think oh yeah Goto versus this guy this is going to be great I think Naito I think uh, I think I'll have a good uh, I think he'll have Tanahashi Um, those are the two I was looking at a really good match with Naito in last year's G1 I think him and Zach will have a good match uh yeah, I think I think those those will be decent matches. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, I have a middle middle of the road again. Him, Juice, uh, and even Sonata are my guys that are kind of counterbalancing the, the other people that I guess, for lack of a better term, we're protecting to the end. Let's now discuss Zack Saber Jr., who, you know, as we know, is the nice stylistic change. In his G1 matches. Got a bit of history with Naito. He's got history with Tanahashi. He's got history with Sanada. He has Tanahashi on the final night. So again, I think there's a chance that he is playing spoiler here. And maybe continuing that tag feud together. I've got the Kenta match circled. I think that'll be an interesting one. Because as we know, Zach uh, was going for the US title early in the year. And he, he attacked John Moxley. So I wonder if they might pick that up somehow. But I yeah, again, I'm just looking at that Tanahashi match. And a continuation of that feud. Yeah, that's the one I have circled. And I have Zach winning that as well um, for the finals, uh, B-Block night. So Zach wins. I have Zach with 10 points. I somehow think that's a, oh, ambitious to me. I don't know why. He went on that I, big losing streak last yeah. year and having his little tantrums. Right. Maybe that's it. And I just see some other people. It's not that bad. Uh, with other people, but yeah, I have him at ten points. But I think, like I said, that unfortunately, as we open the show with those uh, cards at the end, does that kind of tip cards? And I think it does. Uh, and I think we will see continuation of that tag situation. Um, if by the looks of it, just by the way the the, the finals nights have worked out, 
but yeah, I think um, I think Zach knocks out Tanahashi for G one. Now Tanahashi himself, he got eight points last year, and the story this year seems to be him on his way downwards, on his way to being a dad almost. So dare we write off Hiroshi Tanahashi? Um, I think there's a good chance that he upsets Naito on night two, maybe earns himself a title match. Um, a lot of people thinking maybe there's a chance of him getting another final against Ibushi. I think that's unlikely. And again, we're looking at that Zach match at Sumo Hall to keep things going. And it's also interesting how much he is still relied on for to, to be a, a draw. And he's in a lot of these main events. So what yeah. can we expect from Tanahashi? We're on the same page when it comes to that Tanahashi-Naito match. Because if we're looking for a ta- or excuse me a title defense, even though if we say you know he's still going to be in the mix for the tag situation, that's a, that's a win right there for Naito, right? Um, so I think, and I have down that that night Hiroshi Tanahashi beating Naito. Um, I have him. I have him high up. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think he's in the mix until the end when Zach knocks him out. Um. I have my 12 points, so he's getting more wins than losses, that's for sure. Um, I think, again, the one thing that we'll remember is his loss to Juice that I have down, if everything goes as planned, um, and his loss, finals, to Zach. I think, uh, well, and, and of course, beating Naito for a title shot. That's how I kind of see those, like his moments of G1, um, 12 points. In the mix till the final night, Zach eliminating him. Let's move on to Sanada, who has a huge match on day eight in his hometown of Niigata against Tetsuya Naito, which I think is telegraphing a Sanada win there and maybe even a title challenge down the line. And I think there is a decent chance that he is in the main event at Sumo Hall against Evil and maybe even making it through to the final. A lot of people were thinking that we might get a Sanada against Jay White final. Um, but yeah, looking at this big match against Evil at Sumo Hall, you know, can he get his win back? Uh, I, again, I think there is a, a good chance he makes the final and who knows who he faces. It could be yet another nearly match against Okada. John Carroll made the case for that. John brought up in the slack about the parallels to the King of Pro Wrestling match from last year, which was the Tokyo Sports Match of the Year and everyone loved it. So could have a callback to that where you have another Sanada Okada final. And the fact that Sanada is the odds-on favourite with the bookmakers, I think we can't ignore that. So either he finally wins the big one or he becomes Hiroki Gota. He's, he's Chief J Sanada. Uh, I think a final defeat might hurt him. I'm not sure winning the block would outweigh that. But personally, I don't think it's going to get that far. I see him playing spoiler to Evil in the semi-main event at Sumo Hall. That's the way I see it too, and and again, I I I struggled with this one only in in the sense of, I of all of the of the picks and all of, all everything that I did here, I felt my Sonata bias really pushing strong here. Even I had to admit that like it like the numbers just seem really low for Sonata for me, um, and I do have him picking up the win against Evil to knock him out of making it to the finals. Um, I think I, I will be the first to admit that I think my point total is low for Sonata. I only have what's the number you have him at? I have Sonata ending up with twelve points. I have him at six. No, 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 
You're wrong. <laughs> There's yeah. no way he ends up with six points. I can't see that. Yeah. Six points I have, Matt. That's, that's, there's no way that's happening. But I will say that the 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 B block will be Sonata beating Evil to eliminate Evil from from making it to the finals. That that I, I'll put the house on. Um, but yeah, I'm not happy with with the way the the points worked out. But eh, we're having fun, aren't we? <laughs> All right, let's talk about Evil then. I think his G1 could be similar to Jay White's in 2018 mm. in as much as it's a run to establish the character. So there could be, probably will be a lot of bullshit with Dick Togo. I mean, personally, I think Evil needs to be putting some of these guys away clean. Like when he's facing the likes of Yoshihashi or Yano or Juice, he should be winning those without the shenanigans, uh, but he probably won't. <laughs> and if previous booking patterns are anything to go by, they're going to be beating you over the head with the fact that, look, this is the bad guy. He's cheating. He's in Bullet Club. He does interference. I think he needs a strong showing here in terms of points to consolidate his push. And I think it's a fairly vanilla pick that he makes the final and lose to Okada, which is a very tempting possibility. But again, like as we discussed, that Sanada match on the final night is very, very interesting and makes me doubt that Evil will make it to the final. Maybe a candidate to win the G1 and lose the briefcase, but I think that would really hurt him. So I don't see that happening either. So what do you expect from Evil? High in the mix, there to the last night. Um, I would love to see what you have laid out with limited bullshit. I don't think we will see it. I think we'll see plenty of it. Um, but I still think we'll see peppered in there good matches. Um, he's in the mix to the end. I have him high. I have him with... Uh, double digit points, twelve. Um, and I, but uh, yeah, I think, I think what we might see is a continuation of evil, or not even a continuation, the beginning of Sonata Evil. I mean, is that a program that you w- would want to see? Wouldn't be my favorite, but again, I, I need to acknowledge the fact that that might have more interest for the domestic fans. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's well, it's obviously new, a little different. Uh, but he's in the mix. He'll be high up final night with Sonata playing the spoiler role. The IWGP and Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito. I think there's a big question here. Do we get any title defenses between the G1 and the Tokyo Dome? If there is going to be a Tokyo Dome, do you think maybe we get a, a title defense at Power Struggle? Because Anyone he loses to could be entitled to a shot or not. I mean, it doesn't always work like that. Maybe a possibility someone gets a draw with Naito and earns himself an intercontinental title shot only. Um, so I'm just looking at candidates in the block for an interesting but filler IWGP title defense, maybe even taking the intercontinental title. Um, but again, Naito, I think, notable here for being relied upon in the block for his star power. And he's been put in the block with other wrestlers who work a slower story-driven style like Evil, Tanahashi, Kenta, Zack. So I think it's interesting they put all those guys together. And I think he is probably main event in the B-block final against Kenta because for me, Naito versus Kenta is a bigger money match than Evil Sonata. I'm going to elaborate that yes. on that later when I talk about Kenta. Um, another possibility here, Dan saying Hiromu's exclusion from the G1 was a bit of a shock considering how he's been booked since the return. 2020, however, is also the year of Naito. What if we see a Naito G1 win and him pick Hiromu as his January 4th challenger? 
Uh, he wants us to tell him how stupid and wrong he is. Uh, you're stupid <laughs> and wrong, Dan. I don't think I think that's that, just fantasy book, and I can't see it happening. Uh, so, Damon, Tetsuya Naito. Um, rarely does to me, and 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 again, refresh my memory, but I don't. Champions normally don't win this, do they? Um, and pick an opponent. I mean, it happens, but it doesn't happen all the time. Um, I see Naito losing to Kenta. In, um, I think it's a easy rematch, um, a title defense, and I think uh, Tanahashi is as well. Um, so I think that there's where you, you see Naito's losses. I think Kenta plays that spoiler role really well. Best heel in the in the, in the fucking company, it feels like at times. Um, and it keeps a match that we know has been, I wouldn't say protected, but it's, it's not a match that we are, uh, are seeing any time in the past. And that's uh, Okada Kenta, right? Um, so a loss for Naito here helps set up future challenges. It helps make an interesting finals match, uh, a match that we haven't seen. And for maybe some people, a dream match. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to roll the dice and say Kenta beats Naito uh, to make it to the finals. I think a lot of people might be looking at Kenta and thinking he's got that US title briefcase. He's there to set up some defenses for that, you know, maybe against guys like Juice. Um, I think it's good that, uh, like I said, with Naito, Kenta is in the, the slower story-based block, which suits his style. It's kind of parallel to Suzuki in the other block. I think the match against Evil is going to be fascinating to see that uh, maybe the first salvo in a, a possible Bullet Club Civil War, but, you, you know, a good one this time. One that actually has a proper ending and isn't, uh, it, you know, a, uh, a vehicle for a bunch of guys to get themselves over before they piss off and form their own company. But anyway, back to Kenta. Like, as you say, he's got Naito on the final night. If we compare Naito Kenta, which sold out Osaka Joe Hall, compare that to Evil Sanada, and which one is the money match, which is the more likely main event, it's got to be Naito Kenta. You can't eliminate the IWGP title holder before the block finals. And you've got to have the champion in the main event. I mean, this is Naito is a guy who's been leaned on throughout the whole tour is the guy with the, the most main events, the biggest star power. He's main eventing Sumo Hall. So yeah. if we agree then uh, that Naito versus Kenta is the main event, you can't put Kenta in there as a mere spoiler. There is no precedent for the main event being contested by someone who's already been eliminated. So I agree with you. I think Kenta has to be alive. Naito's the champ. He's not going into the final. The champion very rarely goes into the final. And... You know, if it is Okada winning the other block, we're not giving away Okada Naito in a half full sumo hawk. So that means, like you, I think Kenta's got to win. Kenta's winning the go. block. And that is my pick for the final, like you, because he's got Okada versus Kenta. We've never had Okada versus heel Bullet Club Kenta before. Uh, Bullet Club have been fucking with Okada since the restart. And I think we both agree. You know, we didn't discuss this off air. We've both come to the same conclusion there. So. You can take that pick to the bank and thank us later. Wow. Look at that. All right. Yeah. All right. And then there's your final. Okada's winning, right? Yes. I think we're going to go go with a chalk pick. I think 
depend whatever the attendance situation is, I think they stay the course. We're going to get Okada Naito at the dome, but with the added twist that this time Naito is the champion. Okay. All right, there it is. We did it. G1 picks are in the books. I have mine submitted already. Do you do the same? You could do that at Voices of Wrestling. Uh, you'll see the links everywhere on their uh, social media accounts. That's where we submit our picks. Uh, hey, by all means, you want to have a funny name? I enjoy when they have funny names about me. <laughs> um, submit. Do it Do it now uh, and get in on the fun. There's prizes, plenty of prizes, right? Um, so let's have some fun with it. It's G1 season. Get psyched up for that. And uh, we'll have some fun. And this time next week, we'll be talking about first-round matches. I can't wait, Damon. Um, Okay, well, let's knock it on the head then. So I'm going to get back to my wonderful family and wrap up this podcast. So, again, thank you to our sponsors, MyBookie. You can uh, use our promo code SuperJ to get all those wonderful goodies. RedCircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast for our Red Circle page. And you can give us some money there if you feel inclined for this great G1 analysis we've given you. Discord link is in the show notes. That is going to be popping off, I'm sure, the live chat when those G1 shows are happening. You won't want to miss that. Always good fun. Good discussion there. Link to that in the show notes. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get yourself one of our t-shirts. Big thank you, as always, to Editor Dan, who's on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. There's going to be tons of great G1 coverage on there. Won't be as good as the SuperJCast, obviously, but it's going to be really good. I mean, the the bar's high. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.